Praise God. Well, I want to share a word with you tonight, so get your Bibles out. Go to the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, where we've been. Man, I, I tell you, we, I just came back last, or last week I was down in, in Alamo, Texas, preaching at Bethany Outreach Ministries down there, and, uh, you know, they, they, they like, to, like you to preach, and so did a four-hour Saturday service and a three-hour Sunday meeting, and uh, so it was, it was great. Great, 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 great. And so, praise God, I, I've done a lot of praying this last weekend. I'm full of, of a lot of off-the-throne, hot, I mean, right off the press from heaven for you. And so I'm going to start it tonight. There's no way I'll get through. I may do it Wednesday. I may do it on next, I mean, may do it on Sunday. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to start preaching. Have some fun. It says in Luke 4 and 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Everybody say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I just want you to notice in the scripture that when Jesus is preaching, this is his first message. He's quoting from Psalm, uh, Isaiah 63. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointing me to do something. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that, right? Everything is about doing something, about preaching, about setting people free, about bringing liberty to the captives, right? The, the, he says that the spirit of the Lord was upon him. Everybody say, upon me. Okay, now note that it says upon me. Okay? Now, I want to show you something. Now I want you to go over to 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? You know, we just said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, and then now he says that he dwells in us, right? So there's two separate things. Let me show you a third one. Go to Luke 8.43. Luke 8, 43. It's a story where Jesus is going to the crowd. He's going to, heal, going to heal Jairus, his daughter. And the woman comes to the crowd, right? And she's trying to touch the hem of his garment. And Luke 8, 43 says, Now the woman, having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians who could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. You notice it says immediately. The flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those that were with him said, Master, I mean, the multitude's thronging and pressing on you. And you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody touched me for I perceived power going out from me. Okay, so the first time he says the spirit of the Lord is upon him. Then the next time we're talking about that we're, we're the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. But now you look at this scripture and he says, man, he's flowed out of you. Right? So he's been upon you, filled you, and flowed out of you. This is the, I have the title of this message, is Three Stages of Christian Life. So this is what we're supposed to be doing in life. This is an example for us to follow. That it's one thing to come into a church service and sing and do the worship and, and feel the presence of God on you. It's totally something completely different than to have this, the presence of God there, the, however you want to say it, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, whatever you want to say there and then go in you and feel you. 
It doesn't do you any good to walk into an anointed church service if you leave the same. Doesn't do you any good to go to a church service and God's there and showed up and running up down the aisles and you know the Holy Ghost is shouting hallelujah. But when you walk out the doors, nothing's changed. And we're in a time right now that the Holy Spirit is wanting to move upon people. I've been preaching on the Holy Spirit for, you know, the whole year. And, and I'm just saying the Holy Spirit's wanting to move upon people. And he's wanting to get people to open up their eyes and understand because it's not enough just to feel God. I mean, I love the worship. I, I love to worship. I love to feel the presence of God. Man, I'm telling you what, we in those meetings, I mean, you're in there for four hours, man. I mean, we got the musicians going. We got prayer going. We got prophecy going. We got miracles taking place. We got all this stuff. The presence of God is so thick you could cut it with a knife. But the bottom line is if you don't leave charge, don't leave with the indwelling of the Spirit, with God touching you, then, then it really doesn't do you any good. You can talk about it. You can tell your friends about it. You can shout hallelujah about it, but it didn't change you. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he doesn't want to just let you sense his presence. He wants to change you. He wants to change us to be more like Christ. So why? So that the last one can happen, we got something to give to someone else. It's a flow. It comes upon you. He fills you so that he can flow out of you. This is the, this is the thought that Christians have to change their mindset. If we're going to walk truly as sons and daughters of God on the face of this earth and we're going to see the kingdom of God advance, we're going to have to change our mindset. We don't go to church to just get something, all right? We go to church to be filled so that we have something to go out and give. This is always the way it's got to be, right? And so what's happened is, and I'm not talking about us, I'm talking about the whole body of Christ, has become just seekers where they just want to seek and get in the presence and feel God but yet, that's not what it's for. It's for the dying and hurting world out there. It's for your friends. Now, I'm going to ask y'all to do this, okay? And so just y'all here tonight. So I guess y'all get stuck with the assignment, okay? But I ask you to do this. And then next week or the next time I'm, I'm you know, whatever, I'll get with you. I want to hear. I want you starting tonight, starting tonight, all right? Get you a piece of paper and get you a pen. Keep it with you. And every time you talk to or see someone, I'm not talking about driving down the road. I'm talking about you interacted with somebody. Make a little mark. And then count how many people you interacted with in a week. Just think about this. I'm talking about you got a phone call from your sister. You got, you know, you, you, you I don't know. You talked to somebody on customer service. You took the spam call. Count it, okay? You interacted with that person. Somebody you ran across, somebody you talked to, somebody when you went down to go get groceries or you went to the hardware store or went over to wherever you're going to get whatever you're needing and you interacted with somebody right there, just mark them down and see. You'll be shocked at how many people in a week you ran across. All of those people you ran across in a week, those are people who, if you were power God on you, filled you, and it's flowing out of you, would be touched. Just do it. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked at how many people would, would you, you know, you have an opportunity to influence. I was so blessed because when we were down there and preaching, I was talking to Rachel, and she was telling me about uh, Pastor Edgar, who's down in Mexico City, that we'd bought the car for. And I think Tracy showed you that, that picture on Sunday. And... Uh, and, and so she said, well, you know him? And I said, I don't think I've ever met him. 
And she says, no, you know him. He was a little boy always in the service and has grown up in all the conferences. And over the 30 years that I've been going down there, you know, now he's, he's the pastor down there. And I said, are you kidding? And she said, no, he's always in the conferences. And he says he carries a cowboy hat because you ministered to him years ago and he remembers you still and he, they, they, and he still loves you. And you said something in a service you ministered to him years ago, and it changed his life. And so he has a cowboy hat to always remember you. And I'm thinking, my goodness gracious, I did have no earthly idea that took place. But something that flowed out of me in a service over there touched him, and then he's the pastor going down there and doing all that. Now, you talk about dedication. These people, because you see, we look at Mexico and we think it's the mission field. But if they're pastors in Mexico, they don't think they're in the mission field. And so they go out to the mission field. And so they found this village that no one's ever been into, nobody's been ministering to them. And so they, they had the, the church, the church, all the church people that go out, they go and they have to park their cars at the base of the hill, and then they have to walk up the mountain an hour and a half, carrying all the music equipment, the food, the, everything that they're going to do. So all the church people are strung out, everybody's heaving up there, an hour and a half walk to get to the village to preach. And they're just seeing miracles and and, and people are being healed and, and saved and filled with the Spirit and just being touched and all this. But the whole church has to climb an hour and a half up a mountain carrying something. But they got something that's going to flow out of them. Because they've learned the secret to truly walking in the Christian life is it's not just about getting it in and holding it in for yourself to contain you. I've got to, I need more anointing because I've got to make it. I've got a tough week. No, it's that you're so full to overflowing that you've got power to offer to whoever sneaks up behind you and touches the hem of your garment. Jesus said in John 14, he said, man, we're going to do greater works than he did. So can you imagine somebody sneaking up behind you and touching the hem of your shirt, touching your, your garment, and they get healed? Or like Peter, just walking and his shadow hits people and they get healed? My wife was in, a, in the grocery store one time, and a lady just walked up to her and said, could you pray for me in this right? And she was just like, Stunned for a moment, and she'd gotten a bad report, hadn't she? Bad doctor's report, and she just picked my wife out of the grocery store. This is out of town, somewhere else. She didn't know this person at all. And they said, could you just, she just looked like a person that Mike could pray for. But you see, if we go through and do what the world's doing, which is what my next, my next step is. Well, let me read one more scripture. You can, you can look at Ephesians 5.17. It says, there... Uh, therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is in disposition, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Uh, that doesn't mean once. It means be being filled. It means a continuous life of being filled. So it's a continual thing of being filled so that you've got something to give out, right? But this is where I want to I I look at here. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. So Christians have got to get this, this, their mentality changed because they go to church, they get filled up, and then they think it was for them. But they go, it should be getting filled up, so you have something to give away. It's got to flow out of you. Otherwise, you become a dead sea. You become stagnant water. We all know water that doesn't flow gets stagnant. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled from those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, at least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So the enemy is trying to veil us, you know. And when I read this scripture, 
and you don't see this much anymore, but, you know, used to in the days when, when, when there was a funeral, you, everybody had a funeral veil, right? Came off their hat and whatever and veiled their face because they didn't want to see them crying or whatever. And, uh, you know, the problem with the veil is you can see through it, but it's difficult. It, it, it blocks your vision completely. You see that? You're not totally blind. You're just veiled. There's still some holes to look through. So you're not totally blind. You're just veiled. You're just inhibited from being able to see everything, right? So the devil wants to do this to us. He wants to veil us. How does he veil us? Well, he veils us with problems, situations, circumstances, troubles, woes, fears, anxieties, everything that focuses back on us and what's coming against us so that we don't see what's really taking place, right? It becomes veiled. So then what happens? Well, we go to the grocery store. We didn't, have, we didn't, we didn't interact with that person because we were trying to hurry up and get home because you had to do this, because you had to go do that, and we had to go over here, and we didn't. We missed it. This is the veil he's throwing over Christians. And so you, I mean, come on. I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to get us to open our eyes. You know, so we listened to our praise and worship music going over. We sang all the hallelujahs. We felt so close to God. And then it shut off. Then we get to go into the grocery store, and the veil falls over us. And we get to where we're not seeing. The prayer we should all be praying is John 4, where Jesus said, open up their eyes and look and see, for the harvest truly is ripe. To have eyes that could see the harvest, see who's hurting, see who has a, a need, who has, who has something that, that we, we're supposed to be ministering to or speaking into. All right? Something we're supposed to be speaking into. Somebody's life. I, I, I'm just telling you, I believe, I, I, I'm just saying this, and I, you know, I, I, I just believe our time's short. I believe the world events are taking place. I believe things are going on. I believe Jesus could come back any minute. And so what's our job? To take as many people to heaven with us, to minister to as many people as we possibly can. And what grieves me is I see people, and they're just, they're just lost. They are just lost. They're just out there. They have no thoughts of God, no no uh, desire for God. They're just going. They're just walking. They're just trying to live, trying to exist. You know, then the, 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 doesn't make any difference what class of person you are, right? I mean, have y'all noticed it's, it's ridiculously stupid how many news events go over the, the air on a daily basis that are full of fear that try to suck people into fear. And the moment one of them is no more, I mean, let's just back up just a little bit. I mean, we got Chinese, Chinese spying on us in, in balloons, right? I mean, that didn't really throw any fear in me. I didn't go and chew my fingernails off because I was worried about that. But <gasps> it's a big deal, right? I mean, forget all the, the, the COVID and the stuff like that. that <gasps> okay, now banks are failing everywhere. <gasps> Money's crashing. <gasps> you know, we're going to go to digital currency. <gasps> I mean, it's just like, it just won't quit. It's like every day there's another stupid something up there to throw people into fear. And it used to be one thing that happened, and then there was like a couple of months before the next thing came up. There was like a little bit of a, an ease, you know, before the next thing came up. I've been noticing this, okay? And this is just, I mean, my wife can verify this, okay? Um... 
and this may be terrible, but I love canned green beans. I love a canned green bean. I'll eat them like, like, like popcorn. I just love canned green beans. I don't know why. just love the taste of canned green beans. I got to notice it. There's less beans in the can. I'm telling you. I don't know what they're doing. There's less beans in the can. Then I got into the jalapenos the other day, popped them in the can. Things about half full of carrots. I'm like, I didn't buy carrots. If I wanted carrots, I'd have bought carrots. I wanted jalapenos. But what's going on? What's happening? What's taking place? How come I don't get as many green beans as I used to get? Because something's going on. Everybody's in fear. Everything's taking place. Everything's whipping around. This is the veil the devil wants to throw over our face so that we do not see those people that are sitting right there, those people you're going to mark on your list that you ran across in a week. We don't see them. Because all of this loud noise is going on, that it's nothing but fear. And we have to call ourselves back to that place and say, Lord, I don't want to just feel your presence. I want you to dwell in me. But I want to be filled to overflowing so that I have something to give others. This needs to be our prayer. Lord, give me eyes that I can see the harvest. Give me the, the person that's right there that I, that I would just, all I have to say is, do you know Jesus loves you? And boom, that was all you had to do. But see, the devil wants to intimidate us. He wants to make us be fearful. Oh, but listen to me. The world is hurting and the world is looking for answers. And there may be some person that might reject you, but I want to tell you something. The majority of people want something to hang on to because the ship is sinking and they don't have a life raft. So we as Christians have got to get our eyes open. We've got to get our eyes open. We've got to begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, show us. Show us, show us, and realize that everything coming about you is a distraction. It's a distraction. It's a veil. Something falling over, trying to get you hoodwinked, trying to get you where you can't see real good, trying to fall over so you don't see, you know, out of your peripheral vision what needs to be. That's all it is. But I declare that I'm determined that we're the people who are not going to fall into that trap. Okay? We're not going to fall into that trap. We are going to be the Christians that are on the front lines that are there to see what's going on, to see what's taking place around us, to see people being blessed and touched. And you're going to get so, so energized and you're going to get so excited because, see, that's the great thing about God. Once you get and you figure out that the veil is up here and you finally rip it off and you get rid of it and then you're so free and it becomes so fun and it becomes so great to just go out in life every day just knowing that God's with you and he's going to take care of you and, and, and then he's going to send people across you and you just got to look for those people and maybe it's just a smile, maybe it's just, you know, how are you doing? And I'm, I, I tell you what, I'm, I have to watch myself because I get caught up in my own world. Sometimes I'm just sitting around thinking about the things of God and thinking about this, that, and the other and I'm not, not that I'm worried or in fear, I'm just thinking and, and I don't even notice people. And so I always have to pray myself, oh, come on, God, give me eyes to see. Help me, help me to see what's going on. Give me, give me that opportunity when, when I can tip somebody, you know, my waitress, something, reach out, say something, you know. Just got to be on track, right? So I have, I have more things here of how, what you can do to, to develop this, but I don't want to get into it tonight because if I start one, then, then y'all don't want to be here for four hours. And so... Um, and, um, but we got to pray, church. Listen to me. We got to pray. We got to be people that are, that are, that are attentive and we got to be people that pray. I'm telling you, things, things, things just matter too much now. We can't afford to be getting sidetracked. We can't afford to be, be getting off base. 
and being veiled and distracted. Amen? So, I want to pray for you. All right? So, what I want to ask you to do, now, how many of y'all are going to keep count? Come on. Yeah, I'm going to hold you to it. All right? And it don't make any difference. It's three people. Okay? But anyway, so I want to pray for you. So, stand up. Everybody out there listening and watching, I want to pray for you so that we have eyes that you can see. Well, Father, I just pray tonight. I pray for everyone hearing the sound of my voice. Lord, I just pray that we have eyes, eyes that are anointed with the holy eye salve from heaven, that, Lord, we can see the harvest, that we're not blinded, we're not, we're not um, hoodwinked, but, Lord, that we can see the harvest and this week, the rest of this week, all next week, and then the rest of our life, Lord, that we are people who have been touched by your power, filled with your spirit, but have a flow going out of us to people, Lord. Have a flow going out to the world. And so, Lord, I just thank you. These are the great, exciting times to be used and to be vessels of your spirit, hands to do your work and a mouth to speak your word. These are exciting times to be telling people about Jesus. And so, Lord, I ask you right now, over everyone hearing my voice, that the veil be lifted, that they be able to see, that they be able to see, Lord God, the great harvest in front of them. I pray right now, Lord God, they're full to overflowing with your Holy Spirit, filled to the brim and running over. And Lord, we just give you praise for it. We thank you for it. I thank you, Lord God, for blessing people's businesses, blessing people's homes, their finances, their, their everything that they put their hand to is blessed. And I thank you for it, Lord. And so, Lord, we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Hey, look at somebody before you're going out of here and saying, hey, man, you're going to see the harvest. You're going to see the harvest. <laughs>